right, Ryan Garney, welcome back to the Slightly Fuzz podcast. Man, it's I'm really, really glad you want to have me back. I enjoyed the first time. I uh, bet the second time around is going to be going to be even better. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Um, you're the first repeat guest I've had so far. All right, and, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm happy to have you back. Not only do we get to talk more about High Desert Queen this time because we talked a lot about Ripple Fest on the last mm-hmm. one. I think High Desert Queen only had one single out. I think you had just released that first music video at that time. So we have a lot more to talk about this time. Uh, I'm happy to do it. I'm also excited because on a lot of these podcasts, you know, I listen to them afterwards and I have to edit them. And I always kick myself going, man, I you know, I should have followed up with this question or I should have like pushed them harder on this thing or whatever. And and now I get to have you back and 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 ask more about stuff we even talked about on the first one. So perfect perfect right we'll get it we'll get it all out this yeah. time we'll get it all out well, let's talk about secrets of the black moon first um like i said this wasn't out yet on the last one you just had the first single since then you released two more singles and the album is out and it seems to be doing really well i, I just joined twitter with slightly fuzzed and i see people every single day talking about how awesome this album is and how stoked they are for it and you know, people seem to love it and I love it. I knew I would love it, but I, I loved it. Thank I think you. even more than I was expecting to. It's, it's a great album. So congrats on that. Thank you very much. It's, it's, uh, it's really humbling to see the amount of people that are talking about it and liking it, which makes obviously makes it even better because yeah. uh, they, they can be talking crap about it all they want and that doesn't feel that great, but I'm hearing a lot of good stuff, which is awesome. And, just feels awesome to have it released. I know we, I think we talked a little bit last time about how it's been quite a uh, ongoing process to get it released because we had finished this probably over a year ago. Right. Uh, and then, you know, pandemic setbacks and uh, distribution setbacks and all kinds of things. And finally, we just said, you know what, this is the date we're going to do. And we got it out. And yeah, we're, we're really, really happy to have it out. Uh, and it, a lot has changed since we last talked. Uh, we released, like I said, two more singles. And then finally the album and uh, feels really, really good. Like really like a huge weight to have it out because um, we want to hear what people think about it. That, there's nothing more rewarding for an artist to have it go out and then uh, have it absorbed and find out what people think about it. There's nothing more rewarding. And e- I guess it even a bad review, which, you know, to this point, luckily we haven't had any yet. You know, I'm sure they're, they've got to be coming somewhere. It's not everyone's going to like this right now, but, uh, it's been great, and but even the bad ones are great because you you learn from that and you kind of and you kind of like to you just like to hear from all perspectives. So it's do been really do enjoyable. bad reviews anymore? I feel like every every group that I follow that does any sort of reviews, they're always super positive, almost to a fault. Where yeah, I listen to some of these albums and I go, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe maybe we should start uh, a new review of just we can just call it only bad reviews and uh you know like just bash uh different uh records that just aren't any good but um i don't i don't don't hear a lot of i don't read a lot of bad reviews you know i I do like um i was i was prefaced before our album got out there to listen to like because we it was out you know before the album came out for all the uh pr our pr firm sent it out and ripple sent it out to uh different writers and things and we were warned that hey just be beware uh Europe and the UK do not sugarcoat things. And so I was like, okay, here we go. Cause they give like a lot of like, you know, out of, t- you know, numbers out of 10 and 
and they score it differently. They have like a scoring system. And I was like, oh boy. Uh, so far, uh, it's been it's been very complimentary. So we're very we're very pleased with that. But uh, but, but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens as yeah. as more people as more people listen to it. I mean, I know like the big guys still do you know pretty open, honest, and and it almost seems like cooler to to give a bad review if you're on like Pitchfork or Rolling Stone. You know, they like to yeah. hate on shit. Whereas like the smaller mm-hmm. guys that are like in the Doom Stoner scene, I never see a bad review come out. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess. I mean, that's not, that's not a good thing, really, because you, you want an honest yeah. review. But yeah. and that's that's the 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 catch twenty two there. Like, oh, cool, we're getting reviewed by all these different people, and you're like, man. But I I know that that like you said, they're not as big as some of these other names, and they're not going to make any money probably giving bad reviews. So uh, I don't know. It's just one of those weird deals where yeah. you're happy to hear it, uh, but I will say there's a huge difference from hearing a review that's like, oh, you know this great Austin band of Austin, Texas. And they mention like our single and then they kind of say some of the same things that a lot of others it sounds a lot like our PR uh, <laughs> press release goes out, you know, so they're just right. like kind of cop- copy and pasting from that. There's a big difference between those and the ones that like walk you through like each track. Those are the coolest ones. Like, okay, these people listen to it. And I, and I do, I do appreciate that at least. Yeah. I, I didn't really want to get into like track by track with this album. I, I like talking about, I mean, there, there's for one thing, there's plenty of podcasts that do that and probably do it much better than I would. So I don't really want to do that, but I, I did take a couple notes on it. And then heads will roll when you, when you release that one, it, it was like the, the first like real glimpse of like what the album might be. Cause up to that point, I just had this one single and you could have right. went, you could have went any other way with that. You could have kept going. You could have, you know, done a complete U-turn. You could have done a whole lot of different stuff. And Heads or Roll was like kind of the first one where I was like, oh, okay. And it was so heavy. I really dug that track. I also made a note, As We Roam is one of my favorite, I think, on the whole album. Thank you. Um, the Wheel was an interesting one. You have like some female vocals, I think, on there, it sounded like. Yeah, we do. Uh, there's a, so ironically, um, a guitar, one of my best friends, uh, Bobby Kirk, he um, appears on the album. He's a talented musician. We were in a band uh, together years ago, but he just never had the time to like be in a band. He's just, you know, he did, he's got he's got kids and wife and and everything, and you know, life kind of got him. And and so we were never able to do any music. But I wanted him to be a part of the album. And uh, his mom is a phenomenal singer. She's kind of like a local legend around here. She's she sung with a lot of famous people back in the seventies. She's pretty legendary out here. And I was just saying that it would be an honor to have her uh, sing on the record. And she did. And she came in and just nailed that in a day. And it was awesome. We're like, so we were laughing about how, like, Bobby, man, I really wanted you to be on this album. It sounds like your mom's going to be on it even more than you. <laughs> but uh, he is on it a few times. But he, uh, you mentioned As We Roam. He does the killer high harmony on the, vo- the chorus of As We Roam. Uh, and it was only a matter of time. He's, he's, he's a permanent part of the band now. He was not only only guest appeared on the first uh, album, but he is uh, a permanent fixture of us moving forward. He's, he's too talented not to be. But yeah, there's some, some there's some cool stuff in there. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned heads will ro- heads heads will roll. Um, that was Blasco was insistent on that song opening the album, and we we kind of had an idea of what the order we thought you know, should be, or, mm-hmm. you know, the best, of, the best of, to our knowledge. And, and that was like a more of an album track is what we felt like, but he just, 
he was adamant about it and I'm not going to argue with him. And we've had a lot of uh, really good feedback on that song because most people had been hearing uh, the mountain versus the quake, you know, for many months. It's all they had of, of us. And then yeah. that came out and it was, it was very different. So it's just cool. And then it's cool about as we roam is I think that's probably a very good indication of where we are going as a band. That was one of the last songs that we wrote in the studio. Um, we had, so cause, cause Rusty had our guitar player, Rusty and I, had a majority of the album written before we went to the studio. We were just looking for a rhythm section to come help us out, you know, and and then we were so lucky to find the one we did. And uh, we started creating more as we were like, let's go in with like six songs, six, seven songs that we had. And we ended up, by the time we went in there after about six practice, we had 12 songs. But As We Roam was probably the last song that we did. Um, and that's kind of a good indication of where we're going, I think. Interesting. I, I definitely want to talk more about like where you're going next but let's go back to blasco a little bit okay because we we talked about blasco as we talked about carl daniel Lydon on the last one and i want to talk about both of them and their influence on the instrumental yeah because i mean obviously blasco already has a proven track record with you guys holy death trio what was the third that he signed that was third right He's he signed Mother Mother Iron Horse. He signed. Okay. Uh, oh man, you're gonna make me. Then he signed Sun Crow, and they were killer. Okay. Um, and, so I know of another one that's kind of in the works. That's probably not really official yet, and I love uh, that. As do so, I. So he I, he definitely knows he's what about. he's talking about, and he definitely mm-hmm. knows what he's talking about. He he's already proven himself <laughs> so so quickly. Right. Uh, so. What what is it about Carl Daniel Lydon specifically? Is it that he has a knack for saying yes to the right bands and no to the right bands? But uh, like, I think, so. or is it just his talent that brings a band that is good and makes them amazing? Because like you mentioned, Lowrider and Refractions was like my favorite record of 2020. Same and here. Greenleaf, I think, came out in 21, but also a, a, an amazing record. And then mm-hmm. now you guys, is he just really good at, at saying yes to the right people or is he good at like bringing music to another level? I think it's got to be a combination of both. I mean, he is extremely talented when we, because we reached out to him, we weren't, you know, we're, we're like, we're nobody. He's not going to come back to us. But, you know, I was going to ask anyway. I, I've, I have no problem being told no. And um, we were just thrilled when he came back with like adamantly like, yes, I, I want to find time to, to do this record. Cause he had heard the songs that we had and he's like, okay, I hear what you've got and I hear what it needs to sound like. And, um, I, I know he gets highly sought out. He's highly sought after, you know, he's not, I'm sure he tell, he does. I'm, I know he tells a lot of people no. And so we were very thrilled to be told yes. So I think he has, he's got a knack of, of, of finding bands, you know, and I, and I love to say that we're, you know, included with that. It feels weird to even do it because I've admired his work for so long um, because he he ha- he does these bands that are just, you know, extremely talented. But his he has a sound. And when we're listening to that Refractions album, for example, there's something about the bottom end of that record. The low end just comes out still so clean. I remember going, that is exactly what we want to sound like we, we want to have this, we come from the nineties, you know, like this nineties record of just raw grunge and 
so we need to have that. You want to have this kind of refined low end and, and he, for whatever reason, he's, he's, he's really dialed into that. I mean, that's his talent. And it was awesome because I literally gave him like a few notes after he's like, okay, so I'm, I'm in, give me some time. He was actually working and we found out later he was working on, which is exciting news. He was working on a, a new uh, low rider album already. Oh, really? Uh, that's just, which is really exciting. Awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah. They were in the studio. Was like, another twenty years before we get another low rider. Exactly. That was that was the best part about hearing that, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, sweet. I'm gonna have to wait, you know, until 20, 20, 45, whatever, to get another <laughs> low rider album. But because uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this. I'm just, you know, I, I've got a project I'm working on now, so give me some time. We're like, yeah, well, uh, with this pandemic, we it was like one of those perfect storms where we we had time to wait. Like we weren't in any hurry because there was nothing happening in the scene. So it was one of those perfect storms, I guess, uh, for us. And, and he, uh, then he got back to me saying, all right, sorry. You know, like I was working with lowrider and I was like, Oh, uh, yeah, by all means, please go finish that. Like, don't, don't delay for us. But he's like, no, no, we've got tracks recorded. They're going to go and they, they take some time to record, which is cool. But, um, he, I gave him notes, like a couple things was we're going for, and he just knocked it out of the park. He just did an incredible job. Uh, I, there was little to almost no, um, like corrections, you know, like maybe there may have been like two times where I said, Hey man, can you do like a little more delay on that? You know, but there was never a part where Rusty had to say like, cause when is a guitar player and I have to say, bring my guitar up or when is a bass player and not say, I want to like, you know, it's just, it, everything was in its place. He, he's mm-hmm. a super, superbly talented engineer and we're happy to work with them and and the exciting thing is we've already talked about uh working with them moving forward and so that's you know, i was gonna ask i was gonna ask if you if you had them in mind for the for the follow-up oh, that, to, in my mind there's there's nobody else i mean the work he already did with us already and of course his his catalog and when you have someone like that willing to work with you you don't you don't go another way <laughs> you just yeah. you ride that horse until you until it dies you know so we'll We'll see how, that's how it is. In fact, we were even trying to make plans to uh, actually record in Sweden with him, with like like the Lowrider, like Greenleaf, like those bands, like Domcraft, the bands that actually went into his studio to record and had him produce and engineer. Um, Sign of the Times are making that difficult. And also because we are pretty ready already to get back into the studio and record, um, even though we, what, we've got an album that's like four days old. Yeah. Um, so uh we of course uh, good news is there's some there's some you know restrictions that are being lifted in place in parts of the world where he's at um so it's interesting to think about moving forward but we've kind of already started to make preparations for recording the next album so we probably won't be recording in sweden but i will if if the opportunity arises i'll we will take it yeah all right so how about the, the the next step then? I, I watched your live stream. Uh, actually, before I get into that, I should tell you, I, I had a pretty doom-filled weekend. Um, I wasn't okay. sure if I would be able to check out your live stream or not. My kids control the TV like 24-7, <laughs> cartoons yeah, yeah. And, and Disney movies. And then Absolutely. at night, you know, Jess and I, my girlfriend and I, will will you know, decide on a TV show or a movie or something. And, and right. if we can't decide, it's basically up to her. She picks what she wants. <laughs> it just so happened the stars aligned that night and she went out with a friend for a drink. And I was like, great. So I ordered a pizza and got a glass of bourbon. And I'm like, I'm going to watch Blade Runner first. I'm oh, going to get into the absolutely. movies. Absolutely. The feeling. 
and then I'm going to turn on the live stream. Well, then I can only I got, about, I got about halfway through the live stream before she got home, but I did catch okay. most of it. And then the next day I finished watching it. Awesome. Man. So I can yeah. I'll, I'll pause real quick. I could only wish that you had seen my wife. She went as Pris from the original Blade Runner and she yeah. looked spot on the black paint and the blonde. Wow. Oh, it was awesome. But you know, unless I could have got her on stage, I guess we didn't get her in, in the, in the, in the video, but that's a great combo, man. Blade Runner. Yeah. So, so then on Sunday, awesome. they went to uh, her grandparents. It took the kids and stuff. And I was at home watching the bears game. And after the bears game was done, I'm like, I'm going to put on, they live. And I'm yeah, gonna now we're talking about the new marathon here. So I like so, it. Uh, yeah. I got in the spirit for you guys. Um, but, I love it. I love it. But anyway, I, I did check out the live stream. Um, and I want to talk about like the costume and the music video and all that kind of stuff. But I caught the two new songs that I hadn't heard before that you had mentioned you were going to put on what, whatever's next. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was a banger. That thing was, was a ripper, man. It was like a little bit more up faster paced, I guess, than, than it's, this album. It's, it's by far the fastest song that we have for sure. I right like now. that, man. It was, it was awesome. I like that a lot. I, I mean, to be honest, like High I, energy. Typically, I, I typically lean that direction more, more like deserty or at least the faster stuff. The super slow, sludgy stuff has not always been my thing, right? Um, but I, but I will say that you have some slower stuff on this album that I, I thought was awesome. So, thank um, you, thank you. The second one was not as fast, but I did catch the solo i don't sorry i don't know your guitarist's name but the, uh, the solo that he ripped through was awesome too i've made note of that uh i had to watch that a second time i i mean he he's phenomenal uh a phenomenal guitar player uh he was definitely feeling it that night and i was really glad that we got that to tape because he crushed it and i and i've heard it you know in the jam room he, he'll he'll rip stuff like that all the time um but when you're in the moment, you know, you're kind of just, you're, you, I lose myself on stage half the time. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing or what's going on. I'm just, I'm into it. Uh, but as a, as a viewer, you know, I got to watch him play that solo. And I, even I was like, holy crap, that was badass. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was pretty cool. We we're very happy with that, with both of those tracks. The first one being very, very up tempo. The second one is very kind of melodic. And then it, gets super heavy uh and we kind of have this idea moving forward that we've got a couple ideas that we want to we're rolling with right now is that we we're looking back into like our legends of who we like look up to as musicians and and most of those bands didn't record to a click and we're going to get we're getting off the click which half our album already was was not on a click we just said you know we, we want it to move and swing uh our drummers that's where his talent really shines through is making things move and swing and feel. And um, we also want to record it live. Like we want to record, you know, in the room at the same time together, like like Zeppelin and all the great bands of that era, which blows my mind. If, if anybody know, if, if anybody stops to think about how they record their albums in comparison to how it is now, it truly shows you the talent that they had. And so we're striving to do something, something similar like that as well. And so, um, but those songs are just kind of a taste of, like I said, of where we're going, where we, we definitely first album is really an introduction to who we are because we didn't even know we had only been six practices and we went in the studio and, you know, rest of the riff. Hey, it was kind of a stoner riff. Uh, this riff's kind of like a deserty riff. This is a doom riff. 
we just liked them because they all we, we liked the songs we were recording them but now i think we're understanding ourselves better in the room like knowing each other's strengths and now we're writing for each other uh and that's where i think the the music's evolving which is which is really exciting for us yeah that, that kind of answers my question i was going to ask just kind of you know a lot of people sit on this first album for as long as the band has been together you, you kind of write it as you're going and you have all the time in the world to write that first album so it came mm-hmm. out and you had it for a while you have more songs ready you worked with blasco you had a great engineer what did you learn from making this record either musically or about yourselves that you are now putting into this second album, even though some of those songs were written at the, the very same time, you know, how mm-hmm. are you approaching it differently from what you learned from either from Blasco or just from, you know, going through the motions this, this first time. Yeah. Cause we were, I mean, we were really making it up as we went, you know, the first time through and, and uh, I think we were all just eager to, I think we had all been in projects that, you know, had, had fizzled out or hadn't worked. And uh, I hadn't been in a project in maybe 15 years. You know, and it was like, and it was crushing me. I was doing cover stuff just to, you know, perform. And our drummer had just got out of a, uh, of a, of a band that it just didn't work out. And, and Rusty and I, the guitar player, were playing with other musicians and it just wasn't working out. And so we were, we were all getting kind of like really frustrated. And then we got so excited when we got in a room with these other musicians that it just started to like really gel. We got so excited. We were like, let's get this to, let's get this to tape. And we carry no regrets with that. We're very happy with the record, but I think now we're really understanding you know, we've learned kind of the the process, the business aspect, learning from Bra- Blasco has been invaluable, you know, and, and just, and just in any interaction we have, because, uh, you know, he, he's very, he, he understands the scene from a business standpoint, as well as um, like, what is going to, like, what is appealing you know, to, to an audience because he knows, and we know that none of us anticipate writing this next record and it's, we're going to quit our day jobs because it's going to just top the charts of everything, you know, and we, we, we know that we don't, we don't do it for that, you know, and uh, that's kind of the best part about it. We've always kind of stayed in that realm. We don't really do it for any other reason that we just love writing music and we love being with each other and creating in the room. And uh, I think seeing how to be honest how stressful some of this album was because like i said we got it done and then all of the this the chaos that was the world right. uh, one of the coolest things about most of the reviews we get are people saying it's, it's hard to believe this band's been together for two years well i laugh at that because i'm like yeah we've only been together two years but that record was recorded we'd been together for like two or three months that that album was you know we've been together but we think about it two years ago, the world shut down just about, you know, like a year and a half ago. So it's just been strange, but um, we've learned that we write music for ourselves and the rest will take care of it. And, and we know we're not going to rush because while we may have rushed to get that record out and then all of a sudden the world shut down and we just sat on it. Um, it became a blessing in disguise, right? There was no, there, during that time, Blasco discovered us. We got signed to ripple we got work. We started working with Carl Dane and Leiden, right? Like all these different things. So we know that we just trust the process. And I think we've learned a lot about mainly who we are as, as a a band um, more so than anything else. And that was just kind of with us and, and, and working with Blasco and, and people like Todd at ripple, man, I can't praise him enough because he's all about family and love and, 
And that's kind of what we're about. And we're all about like embracing other bands and, and lifting them up. And then, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, which in turn we lift each other up and it's been, been really positive, man. I really, I really enjoyed it. And that's why we can't wait to continue moving forward. So you mentioned as we roam as a good indicator of the next album, I heard the two songs. What else can you tell us about that second album? I mean, should we expect heavier? Should we expect slower? Should we expect faster? How would you describe this next one in, in relation to this first one? It's funny because the first album was very eclectic. You know, it has, yeah, it's got stuff, yeah, it's, got, it's got grunge, it's got doom. And so I'm like, I'd like to say this next record is going to really, really, we've really found ourselves and we're really going to hone into this genre. It's probably going to be even more eclectic. Uh, but I think for the better, you know, I think we're pulling in more things that like Rusty, for, for example, is an absolute guitar beast, like we mentioned earlier. And I think his whole life, uh, I mean, he grew up as an 80s guy, man. And, and 80s was about shredding and about being on the one and, 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 and riding to that grid. And it's awesome that we bring Phil, our drummer, into the band because Phil is so like, he's a studio drummer, mind you. So he, he works to a click all the time, which is probably maybe why in his original stuff, he's like, I don't want to do that. And he's pulling, he's, man, he's been pushing Rusty so much, like just pushing him. Like just get out there and get out there and get weird and man, the stuff that is coming out of him because of that has been phenomenal. And uh, I think that he's he's really drawing more to his influences um, than he may have had, you know, like, like like his original roots, as opposed to saying, "Hey, I want to be in a stoner rock band, so I'm going to write, you know, something that might fit." Like there's a couple songs. There's totally we want to write a stoner rock song, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, I don't, we don't, we, we never cared about the genre then, but it just happens. But now we're like, we, we just, we could care less. And we're hitting, we're hitting just, I, I'll say that the, we're just hitting a lot of, of different decades, I feel like, but we're hitting, the album's going to be uh, heavier, but not doomier, if that makes sense. It'll be, it's going to carry more weight. Like it's going to really, it's going to hit harder, I think. I think it's really going to hit harder than the previous because we are now allowing everybody to go to work whereas opposed like like phil always describes this album as man this was like ryan this was the ryan and rusty album where it was like that great riffs and like and like you know ryan doing some vocal mills on top whereas this album will be a true high desert queen album where everyone's going to be showing their strengths i think so that's, cool. that, that's why i'm really excited about it and and we yeah. hope everybody else, you know we, when we hope that uh, it's it's well re- received. It's going to be a while because Ripple's going to obviously want us to play, you know, behind this record for a little while. But, but I love about Ripple though is they're not going to say don't record. They're like they're, they're like move forward, move forward. Yeah. We're actually going to record. We're actually going to record acoustic album next. That's actually what we're going to do. Was, I don't remember where I, I heard you mention that, but I was going to ask you about it. I was going to ask if you were going to put any ballads on the second album first, uh, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah, probably probably no ballads, no. Okay, so tell me about the acoustic album. That sounds like a, an interesting idea, especially now that you just released your first one. You're already talking about the, the third one. So. Yeah, ex- exactly. So it, really, the I guess the album we're talking about previously is going to be the third album. Um, and once again, we're very fortunate to work with Ripple because they're they're wanting to they're willing to release this uh, acoustic record. It was an idea we had. It stemmed from. Uh, we had a show 
you know, we're just trying to work our way out of the pandemic and, and the shows have to be seated. And, and, you know, we were lucky to have shows where other parts of the world were not down here in Texas. And, and, um, we actually, and we were actually going to do it. And we had this huge, you probably read about this huge, like ice storm that came through, um, Texas this past winter. And it affected us, you know, and, and, and our, our drummer couldn't make this show. Uh, he was going to do it, but you know, we made the decision like, dude, take care. We, we got it. Well, I, I don't, we don't cancel shows. I'm, I'm big on that. I don't cancel a show. We'll, we'll find a way. And we did. And we decided to do an acoustic and it was kind of rad because uh, it, it could have gone 10, a uh, hundred different ways wrong. Cause we were between literally two heavy bands. Like there was a yeah. band called Rickshaw Billy's burger patrol. Yeah. It's awesome out here, by the way. They're awesome and they're real up tempo and heavy and great. And there's a band called, and you haven't heard them, check them out. They're called Bridge Farmers. I think they're I one of the heaviest, they're one of the heaviest bands and super talented in, in Austin. Uh, really great. So, two of the heaviest bands in, in, in Austin, and and we decided to throw an acoustic album. And I, I put the show together, like I had booked it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the smart thing. I'm going to put us, we'll, we'll open the show. It makes sense to have an acoustic show open. And, Blah, blah, blah. And then I, I guess as I got closer to it, I go, you know what? Screw it, man. Let's just let's just do it. Because I will say that as a fan, I thought about how it was a five band bill, which is a lot. Of, you know, normally you know, two or three bands is a good bill, but I put five on it because it was like uh, we're trying to work away out of this pandemic. You know, we're trying to like, hey, live music is back, or it's it's getting there, and we wanted to make a statement with this with this with this rad five band bill. And I go, I know when I go, if I go to a show that's got that many bands, my eardrums are probably shot. So we decided to be in the middle of it. It's like kind of let you breathe, kind of let your eardrums breathe before yeah. uh, Bridge Farmers closed the show and just, you know, tore, tore them up, you know, just destroyed them after that. And it went awesome. We literally, we had to make a decision within three, like Phil couldn't do it. Two days later, we're like, well, what do we do? We practiced the day of, like just figured them all out acoustically and then went and played. And it was, it was all awesome. songs from Secrets of the Black yeah. Moon. Okay. Yeah, we just did a, we just did acoustic versions of Secrets of the Black Moon, and it was awesome. Like we had so much fun, and it got well, it got well received. And we also were were very uh, cognizant of a quote from, um, of course, it's going to slip my mind. One of the greatest producers, Rick Rubin, one of the greatest producers in the world, who always says he will not he will not let a band or an artist. I don't know if the, I don't know what this applies to his hip hop stuff that he does, but when he has like a, a band come in, he will not allow a band to record a song like a metal song or rock song if it can't translate well to acoustic. And I've always thought that was really cool, you know, yeah. and and so because there's some truth to that, you know, if it's if it's if it's musical, uh, it'll translate well. And we were surprised how well it translated and and. Uh, you know, we recorded the show just, you know, like on an iPhone, nothing fancy. And I sent some clips to, uh, to Todd and, and he really dug it. And it just so happened at the same time, you know, uh, um, Wino was releasing an acoustic album that Ripple put out and, uh, they're, they're, it did really well. And there's this, you know, uh, there's a market for it, you know, and, and we always respected all the bands like Alice in Chains and Stunto Pilots and Nirvana and those bands always did those, my favorite albums, the unplugged albums. Yeah, like my favorite great. albums, the stripped down versions, not just, not just acoustic versions, like stripped down, you know, adaptations of those songs. And so we said, <clears> you know what, oh, we want to do that. Uh, and so we're going to do that. And 
as we've had that in, in our mind, it looks like we're going to do, we're going to end up having some acoustic versions of the record, but we're, it's looking like we may have more just straight acoustic originals on there too, mixed with, with, um, acoustic versions of the, uh, secrets of the black man, which would be, which Very would be cool. kind of cool. Yeah. I was going to ask if you're going to do any like originals cause, cause that's always cool too. I mean, it, hearing, versions of the songs do you already know like the nirvana one is probably the most well-known you know oh absolutely songs acoustically was cool but it was well i guess they're not originals for that night but doing the covers of nirvana songs was the coolest part to me i think those are my favorite parts of non-nirvana they were the best all the meat puppet songs right all the the best songs that they did on that record and so we we actually did you know we're still toying with the idea of of throwing some covers on there too. You know, if, if there's a, it's weird. Cause it's, it's, it's a weird spot. I've never been a fan of an original band, like doing a cover on their album. I'm just, for whatever reason, I've never been a fan of that. Um, I'm, I have no problem with like, Hey, there's this, this compilation album, you know, where we're going to get a bunch of bands play tribute. Totally. That's, 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 that's where those, that's where those songs should go. Yeah. Uh, in my, you know, that's just one man's opinion. That means nothing or full, because or a full covers album. Correct. Right. That yeah. there, that to me, there's an outlet for it. And so I've never been a fan of doing a cover like on, on a record. And, um, and it was actually brought to my attention by like, you know, like our bass player or people are like, well, dude, look at Nirvana. Like they, they did that. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You know, so there, there is, if there's an outlet for it, it would be on a record like that. Cause you know, um, I've done acoustic, cover band stuff for a while just for just like i said so i could stay active before yeah. uh before we got into hydrogen queen so and we always play all the all our favorite ones but that's the thing I, I don't the greatest thing about the nirvana songs the meat puppet songs was those were not popular songs right they were great freaking songs but they became famous because nirvana did them you know um so we would like to if we were gonna do something we would want to do something in my opinion i would want to do something obscure because uh, I'm a weird, I like weird stuff. I like weird stuff anyway. Because um, we we live in Austin. If you want to hear someone do a an amazing Allison Chains cover, you can literally go down the street, you know, and you'll hear it. Right. Or you want to hear someone co- you know cover the shit out of ZZ Top, you'll you, you'll hear it, you know. So we're, we want to think outside the box. Is kind of where we are. So I think that's a good but, idea. Yeah, I I love when bands do the obscure stuff. I mean, how many times do I have to hear Ace of Spades? Right. cover you know like do another song right. they, they've got like a hundred albums <laughs> i know i know so so that's kind of where I, we fall i think on as a band on covers um but I, it's funny because we were like yeah we'll do that to fill space you know to fill up a record but like i told you we started writing acoustic stuff and i don't know if there'll be any room for covers so who knows we'll we'll cool. we'll, we'll see what happens when we get in like we're going to be playing an acoustic show where we're about to announce it uh here in another month it's going to be just like a, like a pop-up show uh, where we're really just preparing for uh, going in the studio and uh, we'll, we'll see what we conjure up and, and what, what we take to the studio with us. Well, listen for the third appearance on the slightly fun podcast, <laughs> yeah. everyone bring your acoustic guitars and you guys can that would, an acoustic song right here. That would be cool. I'm not gonna lie to you. That would be really, really cool. I, I would actually enjoy that a lot. And I know the guys would go. too. So, right so that, that might be that'll be something we can set up. A right. premiere, Tell right? Me. An acoustic premiere. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I've I've pitched yeah. the idea to a few people that were on here, 
some some of the like lesser known people and i'm like maybe you guys can perform something no one's taking me up on it yet but I'm, i'm i'm feeling confident about this one and i've seen a lot of the uh you know you 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 uh, interview a lot of great bands. One thing I noticed though, like in the, in the genre, I guess what genre we're considered in, you know, like this heavy rock stoner doom, whatever genre. So I try, after we did that acoustic show, I was like, man, this is fun. Like we should, I tried to, I tried to book a set up a show, like an all unplugged show. And I was amazed. There's not many bands who are willing to do that. Really? And so like people were like, no, nah, we it won't translate. It won't translate. It won't, we can't do that. And I, I'm like, you'd be surprised, I think. And so I'm going to keep trying. Have released a, a huge, huge acoustic album. Yeah. And we, were, we made it. We made a joke about that because they, they released it the same day we released our album. And I, I, you know, we were making a joke. We go, oh, my gosh, did the Melvins not do their homework and know that we we're releasing a record? I mean, that's <laughs> like, that's poison to their record. You know, it's so unfortunate for them. <laughs> but, but but no, we, we know that's that they're legends, you know, and I. Yeah. I listened to all 36 tracks, you know, on the Did way. To, I, haven't, I haven't done the same yet, but oh, on the way to my, our big show Friday and on the way home, I listened to all of them because it's so cool. Cause yeah. they have stuff from all their whole catalog. It's great. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, but you're like, I'm saying there's clearly bands are it, it's capable. If the Melvins yeah. can do it, it's one of the sludgiest, grungiest bands of all time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It can be done, but I'm just, I, I, I don't, I think people are afraid that there's no, like they're like, why? Why would I do that? Like we're a heavy band. That's what people identify as. As I go, you'd be surprised. Every metalhead I know loves a ballad. Loves, you know, every Alice in Chains fan will tell you that one of the best albums they ever did was was Unplugged. You know, so yeah. it's just there's something there's something there for sure. Yeah, and I, I think it still remains heavy too. If you if the lyrics are right, if the feel, if right. the vibe is right, it's still a heavy song. Yeah, absolutely. Not, you know, distorted and plugged in and loud or whatever, but. All right. Tell me about the, the costume party. Like I said, I watched the, the live stream. How did that night go? Did you get some good costumes in there? And I think yeah, it was recorded a music video too the same night. Yeah, it was, it was great. So the idea, you know, the movies that do them costume parties, we all dressed up in costumes that because we, we knew we wanted to film, we're filming a music video and the concept is we we're, we're going to be in these costumes. Um, and so we filmed our live footage, which will, you know, be our B-roll, like our cutaways from the from the actual music video uh, or the, the conceptual part of the music video. Uh-huh. Um, and so we had this idea to do, you know, a party for other people, you know, to come as costume party. And and uh, it was pretty rad. Uh, we had, uh, I knew it was going to be a cool night when the, literally the first person or first two people to walk in the door, uh, the guy was Macho Man. And he was like, he was like decked out, Randy Macho Man Savage decked yes. out. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, his wife was, um, the name's going to escape me, but it's from the, the little girl in the Adams Family movies and the show. Like she was Wednesday? dressed like that. Yes, she was dressed like Wednesday. Thank you. And, uh, you know, and then it take, didn't take long. We had, uh, we had a Steven Seagal show up, Got uh, which was yeah, awesome. nice, which was awesome. A lot of people did the they live thing. Like a lot of people came really? in with the glasses, the, yeah. the, the glasses, you know, like, and I even made a, I think I made a post at one point, like, Hey, if you don't have a movies at doom costume, you can literally just wear glasses and say you're yeah. from, they live. We had a lot of people decided to wear like stuff from like just an eighties era, which was cool. Eighties or nineties, which was cool. Uh, we had, um, we had natural born killers. Uh, both of them uh, show up. We had a couple, uh, Super cool. Um, it's funny because there's one guy who came in 
And I'm still not sure if he was in costume or not, but he came in and like, big old spikes and like boots. I was like, and he had like a crazy like mohawk. I was like, this is awesome. This guy just showed up in a road warrior costume and I talked a little bit and I, I, I still don't know if he <laughs> was in costume or not. I like to think that he was, uh, cause that just, it was cool because he looked freaking amazing. It'd be great. Um, but, yeah. Hey, what are you dressed up as? And he's like, I don't, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm, I'm sitting there talking to him, you know, in a, in a, a Marion Cobrietti, you know, from Cobra, like costume, which, which by the way, like five people got, which was kind of my intention to begin with, is I, I like, I like the obscure, you know, I've got, you know, I got no hair. And so I was like, man, I'm going to go, the, the easy thing was I was going to go as Bruce Willis. I was going to go as John McClane. Yeah. And I was like, it, it's easy. All I got to do is put some blood on my face. I can wear a white beater that's all dirty and beat up. I, I go, I go no shoes. Like I've been walking around barefoot, you know, and put blood, fake blood on my feet. And I'll be fine. Uh, but then I was like, everyone's going to recognize it. And, and to me, I just didn't want it. And so I was, I was Cobrietti that, you know, but to me, and I, I don't know if you can, if, if, if you agree with this, but I, I, to me, it's 10 times better to have the one per the, the one to five people that night that, that recognized me as Cobrietti. Yeah. As opposed to if there was a hundred people there that knew I would have been John McClain there, that I got more. I got more enjoyment out of those people than anything else. So it was cool. Cause most people were like, what's with the, what's with the get up? Like what's, what's going on? What, I noticed what are you, you, doing? Stuck, you, you were in character all night too. That oh. was impressive. <laughs> uh, and that was hard because, uh, you know, Cobra is not the nicest guy in the world. And I, I, I like to think I'm a pretty nice guy. And so I had people like come up to me like, you know, Oh, we heard the album. It's great. And I'm, I'm trying to be like, yeah, <laughs> clean up your act. You know, I'm trying to like be rude. And I had, I take my glass off and be like, all right, I'm going to get a character and tell you, thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate it. And I, I put him back on and put the matchstick back in my mouth and I, I go back to being Cobrietti. Yeah. But, uh, it, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I mean, our, we had fun with the costumes. We had Rusty was, uh, snake Pluskin, uh, from escape from New York and, or escape from LA. Um, we had Phil, our bit drummer was, uh, non from the Superman movies, which was great because he's like the, not the most known villain, even from those movies. But he's like, Phil's like six four. He's a big dude, and he has a big giant beard. And I was like, he couldn't be. He had to be non. We were joking that if he could just find a way to like blow like everyone over, you know, like with a superpower that that he had. Uh, and and it's also fun fact that non is not dead. He's still floating in space somewhere. That's what Superman did to him. Yeah. So uh, it, it it was cool that he came down for that. We had John Rambo on base, uh, and then we had uh, Vincent Vega. Because he came with it as a tandem with his wife. Nice. Uh, they, did, they did the Pulp Fiction. It was great. So the music video, and can we expect to see the music video from that? Oh, yeah. So that's one of the main reasons why we did that, right? Is we we filmed a live stream, which was fun. We filmed, we had several well, cameras. The live stream was great, by the way. You guys had like a hundred different camera angles on that live stream. Oh, man. Uh, the guy who, this was a buddy of mine who did it uh, from Wizard Broadcasting. I said it wrong right. on the live stream. I felt bad. I called it wizard publishing, wizard broadcasting to, to, to fix that. Uh, maybe I can fix that in post. Um, uh, we it did really well. It was, he did an amazing job. We had so many camera angles and even I was watching it afterwards. Like, wow, man, super cool. We had some audio issues where, which is cool about it though, is we, that's always the, ch the challenge you make with a live stream uh, because the room is so loud. So yeah. you don't, you're not going to turn the, you're not going to put much in the mains with guitars and bass and drums. So the vocals are super loud. Um, but we knew that was going to kind of, we, that was a risk. So we recorded everything 
and we also multi-tracked everything. So we're going to mix down. We've taken them off YouTube, uh, and then we're going to Ripple's going to reshare it once we we mix it down. So that'll be kind of cool because we oh, cool. like we we don't anticipate playing a lot of live shows here very soon. We we, we do want to actually we have all this stuff written, so now we need to get it studio ready. That's kind of what that's our main goal right now. We we've got we're going to tour. We can talk about that a little bit. We got tours planned in March and in and in and in June. And but we're going to worry about that. You know, we're going to work about recording the the album. But the music video, so we've only recorded the B-roll. We actually haven't recorded the video yet. Uh, but we'll probably do that here in the next few weeks. And then, man, if there's any indication how our the same guy who did the Mountain versus the Quake video, he edited so fast. Uh, yeah. I think it could be quick. But it's funny is we haven't decided what song we're going to do. We we knew we went into it uh, with Did She. We were like, we're going to do it for Did She. Um, but, man, As We Roam is getting a lot of very positive feedback right now and yeah. want, and if we, if we don't use this video for that song we we will do a music video for that song it's it's you it, it, I think the last one you said that you're going to do heads will roll for some sort of well, music yeah video. well the thing is we have i have a super great concept for heads will roll but it's it, and we're going to do it but it's a production it's, it's not going to be something we can do in like a day or two it's okay it's going to be it's, it's a really cool idea uh only thing i'll give away which will mean nothing to most people because they've probably never seen this film, but it's going to be uh, modeled after um, Samurai Cop, which is a terrible good movie. Who's that? I mean, if you've not, if you've not seen it, the concept of the film, I mean, it's so B, B movie, there's no famous people in it, but the concept of the film is the main act, the main character is a cop. Uh, a white guy, mind you, who is, but as opposed to being a cop with like guns and things, he likes to use a samurai sword, uh, and he fights fights crime with a samurai sword. Oh, all you got to do is when we're done here, uh, and if just YouTube uh, samurai cop, it's awful, and that's why it's so great. <laughs> So, and I actually got permission. I, I reached out to the actors and directors and producers like, please, please. And we got permission to use it. And so we're going to use it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. But that'll be for heads will roll. So that's, that's cool. It's, it's, we're not, we're kind of working backwards. That song's already been released, but you know, videos, I, what I like about videos is a song can be out, but then a music video released for that song. And it kind of makes you see that song and hear it in a different light. So that's, sure. that, that'll, that'll be cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do the guest question now. All right. Cool. So before before we do the guest question, I'm going to explain it to everyone that's listening or watching. You can go to the Slightly Fuzz Patreon, and you can basically buy a question for the podcast for about ten bucks a question. So we have our first one comes from Jeff. He's in a, a band called Brain Mater, I believe. Cool. Uh, let's see if I can it, share it. M A T E R. M A T E R, I believe, is is how he spells uh, it. There's there's a seven in there on his Instagram, but I, I don't I don't know that that's uh, actually how it's pronounced. All right, cool. What we got? Hello, my name is Jeff, also known as the Dury King, and I am asking a question for the slightly fuzzed podcast this week, and my question is going towards the lead singer of High Desert Queen. And so my question, Mr. Ryan, is 
When you sing, do you always stick to the same genre, or do you mix up your genres? If so, what genres do you like to sing other than stoner rock? And if you don't, why is your reason? You know, because some people, you know, they like to sing opera, they like to stick with opera, or they'll sing heavy metal and stick to heavy metal. But then you got other people go all over the place. But, oh yeah, this is my friend Fedge. He's also here with me. Anything you would like to say, Fedge? Taxation is theft. Oh, man. All I can say, first off, is I love the production of just that whole... That's awesome. That is so movies that doom worthy. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I don't know if they intended, you know, when they, when they had a question for for me from Hiders or Queen, if they knew that what they just put together was going to completely appeal to me, but that was freaking awesome. I loved that. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was badass. Uh, but all right. So to their question, um, it's interesting because I, uh, yeah, I do listen to a lot of stoner rock, um, but my influences come from like, you know, pro- I mean, and I, and I know that stoner comes from grunge as well, but that would be what I listened to growing up uh, as a kid, though. This may make some people laugh as a kid. The one thing that I would when I wanted to when I, the first time I decided I wanted to be a singer was listening to James Brown. And I mean, I cannot hit a hit a high note like James Brown. And not few can, but I remember being little. We're talking like eight to ten to twelve years old. My dad would put on a James Brown record, and uh, I would wear it out. And I can still remember. This is like a kind of an embarrassingly funny story for me. Is that we had like a we had a carpeted living room, but a linoleum kitchen, and I would take my shoes off and be in my I would blast that cassette and I'd be in my socks and I would try to dance around like James Brown. I could do a little better if I'm sliding around in socks and the, <laughs> the um, carpet was the make believe audience. And I would sing James Brown, the top of my lugs with, at an eight year old. I may have gotten that high, uh, but it was terrible. You know, it was so bad. Uh, but that's was like my first influence. And, uh, I don't know if that comes out in me. I just, I do know that when I told that story to uh, just a, actually a close friend of mine who, who came and saw us play, he's like, when did you know you wanted to be a singer? Blah, blah. And he says that that comes out in my, in our live show because I go nuts and the energy level. And I guess maybe that yeah. I, I, I learned from James Brown that if you're going to sing in front of people, uh, you, you need to put on a show. People, I don't care if they paid $5 or what, you know, to see you that they, they need to get their money's worth. Uh, but I, I also do cross genres a lot. I uh, I listen to a lot of um, hip, like not hip hop, but like uh, trip hop. Like I don't know if you know familiar with Tricky or Massive Attack or Portishead or stuff like that. And I like some of their kind of off time vocals. I'm, I'm listening to a lot of that lady to to kind of push me out of the box uh, yeah. because I also it's it's easier to sing on the one, you know, when, Hey, I hit it when the chorus hits, I'll be loud when you get loud. And, uh, I think a lot of these other genres like, like that kind of show you 
uh, to let the dynamics of the song be heard before before you come in. So you so when I'm coming in, it's adding to the song as opposed to just um, blending with the song. If that if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I think primarily though, like when I'm when I'm practicing my vocals, like I have I, got, I have a lot of vocal exercises, and I, and I try to be I should sing like classic stuff. Like he mentioned, an opera singer. I, I actually learned when I first took vocal classes, I was singing opera because it was the most horrible thing for me to sing. Cause it was, I'm not that, I'm not that good. Those, those people are phenomenal. So it was good. It was good practice, you know, like to, to try to be classically trained, but I try to cross genres as much as possible because, um, while we're labeled, a, I think we get more labeled as a stoner rock band, than anything else. Uh, we don't consider ourselves a stoner rock band. And so I think that if I was just to try to sing, like all my stone rock influences like john garcia or you know josh homie or or um who are phenomenal vocalists but i i just i can't think of how many times i've heard a band go man i really like these guys because they sound like queens of the stone age yeah but then when it comes down to am i going to put their record in or queens of stone age record i I put in the queens of stone age record you know it's just it's just part of it and i i think that part of that i don't i don't want to get lumped into sounding like somebody else you know so yeah and you you as it makes me revisit a question you asked earlier about um what we learned from this record and reading the reviews has actually helped us a lot because oh yeah because we'll hear the when the review says oh this song really ah, i can really hear some some troubled oh i can really hear some some Caius in this one. I can really hear some some sword in this, and we're like, "All right, well, screw that. We're going to reinvent the whole freaking thing, and we don't want we yeah. don't want that." By the way, those are huge compliments. Yeah, but it pushes us to do more. And I know that we'll get compared to some of the same bands again. It doesn't matter, but it doesn't mean we can't we can't try. Yeah, yeah. but but man, I can't. That was a really cool question, and I, I got to thank that guy for for doing that. Now I'm going to check out. Brain, brain mater, mater. Brain brain mater. mater che- i believe yeah i'll, I'll send N-A-T-M. you info awesome man i'm checking that out that was awesome that was super cool yeah so from a good question i have a new segment for you called all right dumb questions. it's just called <laughs> dumb dumb questions all right good okay dumb questions. Question. like it first question is it Hi, Desert Queen. Hi, hi, Desert <laughs> Queen. Or is it Hi, Desert Queen? <laughs> Since there is no true right answer to this question, this is why it's a perfectly dumb question. Uh, <laughs> if I had to choose between those three, it would be Hi, Desert Queen. Okay. The middle, I would assume. That's, that's what oh, you're yeah. And, 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 I'm not saying that because that is the most appealing of those three pictures, but uh, I, I think the high the high desert is more indicative to to who we are as a band uh, okay. than 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 the high part and definitely uh, the queen part. Yeah, <laughs> that's All awesome. Right, question number two. Please promise uh, me you'll send you'll send me these slides so I can have I them. I will. Too. I will. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, if you were to do a covers album, which we talked about, cool. would you consider doing Killer Queen <laughs> and calling it 
High Desert Killer Queen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, would we consider it? Uh, sure. We'd have to consider it. I mean, we were talking about, like, singing in different genres. Man, to try to sing, like, like those guys and the harmonies and stuff, yeah. that would be impressive. So uh, yeah. that is... That is pretty awesome. High desert killer. That would be that would be pretty cool. I, I, I would like to hear a, a stoner metal version of of any Queen song. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I would I would say to your question, yes, we would consider it. Right on. <laughs> All right. Question number three. You often wear a NASA hat on stage, and I believe you're wearing one right now. That's ironically, yeah. Is that because when you get on stage, you want to rock it? <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. It's good. That that question dooms. Uh, I've always, it's funny because the, the NASA thing, I don't know how it came to be a staple of ours. I've even had like people posting about, I had a buddy of ours in a band called Foster Mother. He's an incredible band. Yeah. Uh, he was at like the airport or something and he saw like a NASA booth and he took a picture. Oh, I see they got the Ryan Garney section available, you know? So that's kind of become like a running joke. Yeah. Uh, the, the NASA hat, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I, I want to rock it on stage. So, I, and I want to take off into space. So totally, I'm obsessed with space. That's why I wear, I have a NASA hat. Uh, like people are always like, well, you know, wear something that, you know, is like wear a Gibson hat. Maybe we get a Gibson sponsorship. I'm like, dude, if I'm going to get a sponsorship, I want freaking NASA to, to, to somehow uh, get involved in some way. But yeah, I'm cool. also obs- just obsessed with space. So, so yeah, I totally want to rock it on stage. I like it, man. <laughs> all right that's, uh, me, and old, me, and old, me and that me and the godfather right there todd severn that's a yeah that's a good dude yeah. good dude uh question number four drugs are a common theme in stoner metal marijuana mushrooms and psychedelics how <laughs> would high desert queen feel uh being the poster boy for crack <laughs> this, oh this, man so, says, so we're like, the crack spoon, by the way, if you can't read. Yeah, it. I, I, I'm, I'm reading that right now. That's why I, that really, that really tickled me there. So uh, we've got. So we, we would be take, one thing I do like is that this shows uh, we're not messing around. We're going right to the hard stuff, right? We're not messing around with other stuff. Like High Desert Queen. This this shows that High Desert Queen does not mess around. Uh, but I don't I don't know if I'd be. All in on the uh, secrets of the crack spoon. <laughs> That's awesome, by the way. Considering uh, none of us are, are crackheads, and me being a uh, high school English teacher may not be the best image for us to go with. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm sure you've seen at least a few of my parody album covers that I oh posted yeah to help. I love them, dude. Promote I love them. They're awesome. Albums and singles and whatnot, and. I thought about posting either this one or the queen one. And I was like, I think crack is just too dark, even for my channel. I mean, I've done like dicks and farts yeah. and just like completely well, fucked with people's artwork. And I think crack is just dark, even for me. <laughs> to me, well, to me, it's comedy and comedy is allowed to go to those, uh, those levels, you know, it's because it's never, it's not meant to be taken seriously. So if you do pose, you, you have my blessing. Cause I think that's hilarious. Secret to the crack spoon. Cause right. if you, cause if you can't laugh at yourself, you can't laugh at anybody else, man. You're not allowed to. That's yeah. the rule. All right. These are these are extra stupid if, if, if you haven't seen that yet. Um, oh, that's awesome. You are a big fan of movies that doom. I want to ask you about specific song titles from this new album and how okay. uh, what the influence on those songs were, basically. Okay. Uh, Heads Will Roll. 
was this uh, related to this scene from Day of the Dead? <laughs> uh, ironically, no, it was not uh, based on that scene. Unfortunately, no, but that yeah, I, I can see the comparison. <laughs> Do you have a story behind Heads of Roll? Uh, yeah, uh, that is, it's, it's about going to the guillotine. So okay. like it is actually, you know, archaic in a way uh, about how um, it's funny that, you know, not to get political, but we're even more polarized now mm-hmm. than when I wrote this song probably lyrically about two years ago. Uh, to maybe I probably wrote the song lyrically two and a half years ago uh, in what I thought was the worst ever but it was at the time the worst ever year for like, just, you can't, you're not allowed to say anything, you know, like you're just, you're going to be hung from the nearest tree. And, um, the, uh, that was the culture. And of course now it's called, it, it wasn't then now it's called cancel culture, of course. But, um, this, I laughed about how as the English teacher in me, I'm reading, like, uh, I was teaching to my class. This will be a lesson for anybody who hasn't read the crucible. But, you know, but about, you know, the Salem witch trials and how people would just like, if they screw up, all they do is they blame somebody else, call witch, whatever. And, and people forget they were at fault. And, and I laugh and I would talk about how in, in the, even days before that, uh, you, if you did anything wrong, there was no like trial. You just, head was chopped. You know, you were done. Yeah. Head was chopped off. And uh, so the song is a, is a kind of a, a mockery of of what's happening now uh, where like it, it, I'm putting it in a position where like, if I do this wrong, they're, they're going to roll my head. In other words, like oh. my head's going to be chopped and it's going to roll off the guillotine. That's kind of what that's about. Nice. I you like can, it. you can determine what I'm singing about. That's what the chorus is about. You can determine what else I'm singing about. That's, that's up to art is not really meant to be explained. So let that part sure. be, be uh, interpreted. Fair enough. As we roam, is this guy's Mad Max? Oh man, I wish I was that cool to write a song that was about Mad Max. I have, I, I wish I, I was, but no, it's not about uh, Mad Max. But not, not, not directly. But you know, I can easily tie it in because the song is about like going through uh, this universe and this world. Like we're all making it up as we go. We don't know what's going to happen. We're all just some of us. Some of us are living day to day and, and some, and I feel like that's actually sometimes the best way to be uh, yeah. the whole, like, if you, cause if you live in the past, you're not living. And if you worry about the future, you forget to make now better. So that's kind of what that song is about. And to be honest, Mad Max, was he living for tomorrow? No, he was living for that moment that day. So I wish I could say yes to your question, but no, I didn't write it based on Mad Max. One of the doomiest movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. The rise in a, in a good way. Okay, the rise. Gotcha. Yeah. The rise is this about Terminator <laughs> Three: Rise of the Machines. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome connection. Uh, no, and once again, I wish I could say yes to some of these because these are the coolest questions You're not say anybody. Yes to anything, believe me, I know these are the coolest <laughs> questions anyone's ever asked me ever. So <laughs> this is awesome. But no, it's 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 not about the rise of the machines. Unfortunately, no, it's not that that as a perfect sequel to or it's a prequel to uh the song skyscraper which uh is about well something to, i'll let you interpret that but the I'll, rise I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what it's about right thing. now actually oh perfect 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 it's, it's about nakatomi plaza and die hard <laughs> now that that is true that that i did write <laughs> about nakatomi plaza because a big fan of die hard you know and 
uh, Christmas films, you know, it was definitely that, but no, I, I wish, I wish once again, I wish I had written about that, but I've actually uh, fun fact. The first time I ever went to LA, um, buddy of mine was showing me around and I, I thought it was interesting that he, the first thing he showed me was, uh, the Nakatomi Plaza. Okay. I, just, I don't know if it's by chance, but he's like, by the way, and he's like, you know, like, Oh, I can't wait to show you the sites. For example, this is Nakatomi Plaza. And I, I was like, do slow down. That's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> like I was, I was more, I was more intrigued to that because yeah. that hard, that hard dooms, man. It's, it's terribly good. So that's cool. All right. This last one is a good one. Okay. The wheel. All right. I'm going to assume that the wheel is about this movie. Wheels of fire. <laughs> no, but I have seen that film. Have that's you a, really? Oh heck yeah, it's terrible. I had the, I had the trailer all lined up here and everything, just in case you hadn't seen it. I was going to play the trailer oh, I, for everyone. Oh, it, I've seen that film. It looks pretty awesome. Oh, it's 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 what's well, awful, uh, but it's great because I like watching these movies. Uh, like we have this kind of thing when we rehearse. Um, I'll put a TV on in the background and we'll I'll put like just shitty movies on, um, but that are great movies, you know. Like, uh, and I was. It's funny because I, we just started doing that, so maybe um the third installment of me coming on your show uh i will be telling you how we wrote some of these songs while watching movies like wheels of fire or something and that inspired uh because i don't know if you've ever seen a hard ticket to hawaii no but it's awful uh you've ever seen the meme or a video of like a guy killing a giant snake with a rocket launcher uh that's how bad the movie is um that's the the this movie wheels of fire uh as a little trivia for you is same same movie cut like back in the back then it was like uh like a production company would make the film uh and they would just hire out and they'd have certain directors working for them and this is from the same production company and it's oh it's bad it's really bad like it's really really bad they they tried to like spin off the success of Mad Max basically. Sure, right. Yeah. It's what it, I mean I mean look at the cover. It's a knockoff Road Warrior. For sure. I mean it, in the awesome. trailer and I'm sure a lot of movies in the 80s were similar in the trailers but it's just got that perfect voiceover about oh, yeah. like, you know, just that, that dark like deep voice and just like just chaos happening and they're riding these cars and motorcycles and explosions and I was like, "Oh man, I have never heard of this one, but it looked Oh, do do yourself a favor if you can find it. I don't know yeah. uh, how I, I I had it on VHS. Um, this is back. So fun, quick, quick, fun story here. I, I'm in a small town called uh, Kenyon Lake, which is you know kind of uh, just south of Austin. And we had a you know when all the, back in the days of the movie stores and the blockbusters and stuff. You know we didn't have one. We had what was called Texas Video. And it was, it was awful. Like it was, I mean, I didn't know as a kid, it was like the greatest thing ever. I'd go in there, but you know, I still think about it now. Every movie, a new release movie was a dollar and any non-new release was 50 cents. So this is back when I would like, you know, I'd find 50 cents on the couch and I would go rent commando and then I would yeah. rent command. I would rent commando again and again and again, because I could, cause it was just 50 cents, you know? Uh, but we would find movies like that. Well, it went out of, when it went out of business, uh, we bought just a boatload of these like VHS movies, you know, and that I, I believe, I, I don't know. I was, I was really little cause I was born in the eighties, but uh, I want to say my brother must've snagged the one. And that's, that's how I saw it. Oh, it's, it's bad. 
but it, it but it, it's worth watching. It's worth watching. Yeah, I love it. Well, that's all the, the dumb questions I have. At oh, least in that segment, anyway. That was freaking awesome, man. That, that was awesome. I, I was I, I was I was worth all of it coming back on. If you just did that part, it would have been worth it. Was awesome. Good. Was I'm glad you liked it. So I I have a couple questions that I, I wanted to follow up from our last converse, conversation uh, on the first podcast. You mentioned something about a comedy pilot, and somehow I just kept going with the conversation and never we never talked about it. Please tell me more about this comedy pilot. And for, for one no, thing, before you even tell me more about it, the idea of writing like a script seems so daunting to me. So how did you even know how to write a script? Because it, it, lots of people have an idea in their head, like I, someone should make this movie and it should be about this. And then they do this and this is how it ends. But actually writing like dialogue, like line by line, by scene by scene, like seems insane. So how did you know how to do that? And, and what was what was this experience like? Uh, it is daunting. Um, and to a, to a fault where like, cause it's easy to come up with ideas and harder to implement, uh, because yeah. ideas are funny and then you actually have to put people saying it. It's, it's brutal, man. But, uh, especially comedy, cause it, it, that's all I really like to do is comedy. Um, but I, I've got a lot of ideas that are all half written, you know, but, um, it was a comedy pilot that got, it got greenlit to be made. Uh, uh, it's. Before I tell you the name, I promise you it's not porn. Uh, it, so the concept is, uh, and it didn't make it. You know, we didn't get picked up. We got it, it got uh, picked up by a few like uh, festivals, like uh, film festivals and things. But you know, no, no, no big. I, surprisingly, HBO didn't come knocking on my door. I still don't understand. But um, the concept was so I'm 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 a basketball coach uh by by trade it's what i do i'm a teacher and a coach and so i always joke about seeing these uh official like re- uh, referees and uh, they're usually you know pretty bad at my level they're, they're pretty bad and so i came up with this idea uh the main character of the show is uh a uh, a referee who um whose dream is to be uh, an nba official like that's that's the ex the upper echelon like you that i'm imagining for a referee that's that's the highest point, you know, and but he's he's terrible. Like he's a terrible official. Uh, he's doing like twelve year old girls games, and he's taking it like overly serious, right? Like he's crazy about it, and like calls every child, every travel call in a girls game, ten year olds that you know every time they touch the ball they travel, you know, mm-hmm. and he takes it so seriously because he's he's always feeling like there's somebody out there watching, you know, I, I'm. I'm going to get picked up like a, like the a record scout. executive. Yeah. The referee scout. Right. Which, which is ridiculous to even think about, which yeah. I don't think that exists, but you know, <laughs> in this world I created did. So the concept is that. And so the, the, the ultimate job for him is the NBA basketball. You know, you think of basketball, there's like basketball rims and hoops and all that. And so the show was titled the rim job. Wow. Just went yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because if we were like, man, we're going to go hard or go home. I think my only knock on, uh, cause we're, I still have plans to, uh, to re pitch it, you know, to, we, we filmed it. It never, it's not anywhere, you know, it's not anywhere to be seen. Um, we have it and we, 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 we would like to publish it. Now. We could, I can put it on the YouTube channel right now, but we have ideas of, of redoing it better this time uh, because we, 
we had a name like the rim job, which I think, as you said, like that's the classic thing. What you just said, you went for it. We did. But then I feel like the show, we kind of got worried about going too far uh-huh. and, and we didn't like, which blows my mind. Cause we watch TV now. There's no rules anymore. So I, I, you're called the rim job. We should have understood. We weren't going to get picked up by any show to be like a, a network. You know, we knew that. Yeah, you're not going to be on NBC with a, a name like that, but you might go exactly. on, you know, exactly. Comedy Central or something. You yeah, know. I just wanted, I just wanted somebody. Ideally, I wanted to write it as a short. I wanted to write a bunch of like five, four to five minute shorts. Uh, but we did basically we combined several shorts that I wrote into one episode, um, and I've written like eight episodes up to this point. You know, but I want to go back and actually, we actually dumbed down a lot of the comedy that I did because we were worried about it going too far. Uh, yeah. Well, next time we're we're not worried about it, but yeah, it's, it's, but I will say it's writing comedy is, is, is super fun. It's right up there with writing music for me. Uh, I'm it's just I'm writing. Oh, uh, it's much. I, I, I will say writing comedy is harder than writing music uh, yeah. because writing music, you, if you sound like somebody else, you know, you're not going to get wrote off. Like you, people will still come listen to you, but if you do a comedy that you rip off someone else's joke, you plagiarize. You know, I can play a G to a C, which every band in the world does, and I'm not plagiarizing, but you rip off a joke, man. But I didn't realize also, how hard it is. Every single like, word matters in a comedy. Whereas, like yeah. in a horror movie, nah. In a rom com, not really. In a yeah. drama, not so much. Even in music, you, you can you can make lyrics nonsense yeah. or meaningful or yeah. anything in between. And you can have some throwaway lines and you can not worry about it. But yeah, in comedy, the radio. every single line has to be funny. It has to it has to hit every single person with that, that funny. Yeah, you, you can make nonsense lyrics all you want. I mean, just listen to Radiohead. I don't even know what the hell he's singing. But that's his genius, right? Everyone says, oh, he's a genius. He's singing <laughs> yeah. about sucking on a lemon. And I know what that means. You know, it's, he's really in debt. Like, who, what, who knows? Yeah. And then the genius of Tom York is he doesn't say what his songs are about, right? He's like, oh, yeah, whatever you want it to be. But comedy, oh, man, yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna get dissected. It has to land. Timing, it's about timing and pacing. And uh, the biggest thing about comedies I've learned is uh, casting, um, because you have to cast someone who can deliver your lines in a, in a in a way that that makes it funny. And you know, yeah. and if we're not, you know, we didn't have any money. You know, we got we were given a little bit of money to to make a pilot, and our lead guy was amazing he's he's local I, I watched he does like a lot of improv stuff like like literal like improv skits kind of like whose line it is anyway kind of stuff well they'll sure they'll give us two words and then they'll just go with it and they're freaking amazing but um but then developing a whole cast that can deliver jokes over is is, is, is very difficult so yeah we'll see and I didn't act in it. I don't have the chops for no, it. No, I was going to ask. I, I wasn't sure if maybe you'd be in there or not. You were in the music video. You played a role in the, in the yeah. music video. Yeah, out of because the, everyone in the band told me I had to. Like literally, what happened? I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to get, I'm going to get this one guy, this guy." Like, no, 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 you be, you be, you be mountain. And I was like, "No, oh, I don't." But it's so funny about that. This is one of my because this happened after we talked. Because I don't think I think we had I gone to Psycho Las Vegas after, after before we talked. I'm not sure. No, but it was right cool, after. It was, it was when we were supposed to be releasing the, the episode. Okay, yeah. So what was cool is, this is just a cool story I want to share with the world because this is the one moment where I feel, I felt really cool. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot. Um, 
one of my favorite bands of all time is Sasquatch. One of my, just literally, I love that band. Like yeah. I love Sasquatch. And every, I always go to see him when I can. Well, we got to hang out with him there. You know, we saw him and I was talking to him. And it was, first of all, it was the coolest thing to just talk to him. But uh, uh bass player looked at me and goes, you're the mountain, right? And I was so like floored that A, he'd even seen the music video yeah. and and was able to like actually call me the mountain. And he was asking him for a story. He's like, so is that like a nickname of yours you grew up with? I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm, I've never been called the mountain before. You know, like I just, it was just a character in a video, you know? And he's like, well, you know what? I'm going to call you mountain. Hell and yeah. so they, so they were calling me mountain like all night. And then uh, when they played that night, they were like, this song goes out uh, to the mountain. You know, because nobody knows who that is. Not, I thought I was a big thrill, you know, for me, but. You know, it was just one of those one of those things where like, oh, is that going to catch on? He's like, I'm going to make sure it does. I'm gonna make sure it catches yeah. on. That's a great thing. Uh, it it is. If I, I just wish I was like, you know, six five and worthy of that that name. Because he's even telling me this, and he's like three inches taller than me. I'm like, no, man, I'm I'm not the mountain. <laughs> you know, like you should be. Yeah. But no. But no, I do want to write some more comedy. That's 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 in the. I'm riding the music wave as long as I can, right? And then we'll sure. yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad I asked. That's it's interesting that you that even got that far is is an accomplishment. Even writing the yeah. script is, is huge. So I never That's got cool. to never got to tell that story. So I'm telling you, man, you're killing it. This is awesome. I I, I forget about these things myself. Uh, that, yeah. that that's even happened. So that's cool. The, the last question I wanted to ask you. It, you mentioned in the last one that you were going to Chicago to see King Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You can't be going to to Chicago just for King Buffalo, right? You must be going for some other reason because I'm sure they're playing I, around you closer. I, well, I, we changed our plans because we we were going for King Buffalo and Resin. Yeah, like we that, that was why we were going. I liked both those. Oh. Bands. That's literally that's literally why we were going. They they weren't uh, playing anywhere clo- closer than 17 hours away. Uh, they they are. Um, we didn't know when we bought the tickets. First of all, oh. um, but I did. We didn't care. So. Uh, we've been flying like my wife and I. We, we've been trying to travel. We got a buddy pass, so like we, we basically one basically buy one get one free. So we've been flying all over, you know, where we can just try to see as much as we can. Um, this is no, this is not a knock on King Buffalo or Resin. Uh, we dropped that show. Uh, we got our money back on those tickets because we decided to go to, uh, even though we just went to Joshua Tree, we're going to go to Joshua Tree the same weekend, November twentieth, to see uh, Fatso Jetson um big scenic nowhere's first show uh mm-hmm. and i'm a huge fan and uh stoner we decided to to go to do that because of the venue uh is uh, we we know where it's at it's beautiful it's super small i'm in love with the areas like everything about it and i was a little worried about going to uh chicago no- in november because i was i'm from texas man that's gonna be cold it's so be uh yeah. yeah so we decided to do that we're gonna go back to chicago but but yeah, we, uh, we, no disrespect to them. They are coming to Austin. So we're going to yeah. see them here. Not, not with resin, but you know, we haven't announced this yet, but I've booked, I've booked resin that we're going to play a show with down here in, in the spring, which would be cool, nice. but, um, which would be, which would be fun. But I really, the fact that it's big scenic nowhere's first show, and then you'll respect this the next day on Sunday. Um, uh, what's his name? Brad Davis from Fu Manchu. Uh, mm-hmm. is holding a um, fuzz pedal building uh, seminar uh, at this little tiny place in Joshua Tree. 
and I'm planning on going to that too. That'll be cool. Awesome. That's cool. T- t- totally nerding out on it. It'll be, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be cool. So the the real reason I ask is because I was, I was curious if your wife is into this type of music as much as you are, or is she just into your music and she like puts up with the rest? J- Jess and I were having this conversation because she was like, you know, I wish you had like a podcast about like indie music. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe you should just get more into like stoner metal. And she's like, absolutely yeah. not. Like she'll put up with the occasional like Queens of the Stone Age or something right, like right. that. But, but I, I knew palatable. that you had taken your wife to uh, Psycho and, and then you said you were going to Chicago for this this concert and stuff. But just curious if, if she was into it as much as you or if she just kind of supports you. <laughs> oh, well. She's way into it. Like I, oh, yeah. she likes heavier music than I do. Um, like I mean, I always I used to joke uh, when I was younger about the gateway band for girls for heavy music is the Deftones, right? Um, I was just going to say that, that Jess will put up with Queens and maybe the Deftones because <laughs> they're they're the gateway to heavy music. And and I know that when one of the first dates my wife and I went on. She mentioned that she loved the death tones, and I was like, "Oh, it's so cool!" But the, the back of it, I'm going, "Yeah, but most girls do too, and they don't like all the other stuff." But as we started, I mean, she had she didn't know, you know, a lot of the bands that I knew. She didn't know a lot of the heavier. She she knew all like the the heavy bands that were on the radio, you know, like okay. Deftones, and of course she's a, and she's always been a fan of Tool and you know and like bands like that. And uh, I took her to a Sleep concert, maybe maybe the first month or so we've been dating. And I saw her like, she goes, she went nuts. She loved it. And really? I was like, oh, I was like, okay, that's when the heartbeat a little bit faster. I'm like, I'm, I'm on, I may have found her here because when we first started dating, I wasn't really, you know, we've been dating for over three, uh, three years now. In fact, we just, just passed three years. So Hydrogen Queen wasn't even a thing. And, um, but I used to always joke that when we, when I started playing music, uh, Hydrogen Queen, she always said, I really like it. Like, ah, you just, you just love me. So, and she hates that because she'll always say, oh, that sounds really good. I go, mm, no, nah, I, 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 I love you, but I, I can't listen to your opinion because you're, you're too biased. But she does yeah. really enjoy the heavy music. So like, she's all about the fact that we were traveling to go see Resin and King Buffalo. That was actually her idea. She found the okay. show and messaged me like, oh my God, she found the big scenic nowhere uh, stoner show before. I mean, I, I would have eventually, but she found it and sent it to me. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, babe, let's do it. So nice. I'm very, I'm very lucky. That's, yeah. that's why the pandemic was so hard because almost our entire dating world early on was going to concerts. It's all we did and yeah. we couldn't. So really thankful. I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods yet. Uh, you know, concerts are hundred percent back in force here in Texas. And so I don't know what it's like where you're at and it's not the same for everywhere else, but I'm, yeah, I'm very I don't know. I mean, they are having some shows up in Chicago now. We're, we're a couple hours away from Chicago, but um, I don't know. I'm not really sure if it's, it's, quite, it's, I'm sure it's not quite what Texas is, but. You know. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I mean, the doors are fully open. It's cool. Like we just played, you know, a show our, for our album release and we had yeah. an awesome crowd, you know, it was great, you know, and yeah. it's, 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 it's really cool. Cause even I've had shows and they've gotten better and better be, like just shows I've gone to not necessarily played. Um, Cause there's still a hesitancy, you know, there's still people not sure there's, there's, there's part of the people that aren't, you know, they're still scared. Uh, there's part of the people that are just don't know how to interact with people again. It's been so long since they've socialized, um, you know, so there's still some hesitancy, but I'm seeing more and more people like 
down here, like coming out. It's, it's, it's been awesome to see, man, for, good, for bands. Man. And I'm, I'm meeting, I'm meeting people, I'm meeting bands that are, are moving to Texas, just musicians, uh, because just because it's Texas right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for a lot of reasons. Right. And it's, yeah. and, and one of it is the fact that we're open. And yeah. so forget all the other jobs and, and things we have available here because we're open and because we don't have like different mandates and, and, and regulations and things, but, but man, uh, the music world in general is, is alive and well here. So, and the comedy scene, yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing I'm noticing in, in Austin oh, is, yeah. is the comedy scene is blowing up here. So it's kind of cool. Yep. I, yeah. And I knew it would, as soon as Rogan said he was moving down there and another yeah. 50 followed, followed him. And Oh yeah, exactly. Now, exactly. Now you got Elon, Elon going down there too, I think. Right. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. If I could, so like, I could barely afford my apartment when I did live down there. I don't think I'd be able to afford it ever again. Man, you and me both, brother. I, I, well, that's the thing. So it's the Catch Twenty Two. I'm meeting a lot of musicians who uh, lived in Austin, and they they've been priced out. Yeah. Uh, so so there's a lot of talk that, that Austin's not necessarily the music capital of the world anymore because musicians can't afford to live there. You know, so I don't live in Austin. You know, in fact, none of the band is, lives in Austin, but we're considered yeah. Austin, Texas, because you know yeah. it's yeah. it's it's central for us. So, yeah. All right. Well, we we actually went pretty long on this one, so uh, I'll wrap. Yeah, because I was having a blast, man. I was having a Hell blast. Yeah, man. Blast. I, I I think I had even more fun on this one now that I'm getting to know you oh. more, and, and we had more to talk about with with High Desert Queen, and I hope you come back a third time and you, yeah, you guys play us a song. And <laughs> I was going to demand that you have us back have me back a third oh, yeah. time but i i will do the best i can to make sure that that we're all on board because you know it's kind of cool and maybe something we can play with i don't know about connections or whatnot but even during the pandemic uh when we couldn't get together uh mainly because our guitar player lives in houston and that's three hours away from us um we would do stuff uh virtually you know like and it, there's actually no lag it was pretty impressive so okay. at the very least we can try that but Sure. If we can schedule a time, which I know we can do, we can schedule when we're having a rehearsal out here. We can, we can make it happen, man. Right on. Let's figure it out. All right. Well, cool, is man. there anything else you want to want to plug? I mean, everyone knows that your album's out now, so that goes yeah. without saying. But anything else? Uh, albums out. We got like we're not going to play a whole lot of shows, but the shows we are going to play are coming up are going to be very cool. Uh, we, we're we're we've got something in the works. We're going to uh, go play out of state, and then in March, I'm planning a tour to go west coast. Uh, which I know sucks because where you're at, we were actually planning on going uh, Midwest, but uh, Ripple so, has it, Ripple Ripple is pushing us first to go to go west. Uh, we've just we just announced our first um, show overseas. We're playing a music festival oh, called yeah. Red Crest Festival in Scotland. I did want to talk about that, but uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get the recap from you next time, I suppose. But yeah, that's but awesome. Man. You guys are, are going over there, and you have a, a handful of dates, right? That's that's we awesome. do. I've got. I've got about six shows booked so far. We're trying to get up anywhere from another four or five more at least. And we're music's being received very well overseas and we want to get over there and, you know, play in front of cool, cool crowds. And we've got a lot, we're having, we're getting so much help from some, some good bands over there that are, uh, I gotta, I gotta give a respect to Cyclona. You ever listen to Cyclona? Hell yeah. They're, yeah. I love that. I love that they put out. We, I, I hung out with the guys in, uh, in Vegas and, Phil, the the singer, has been nothing but amazing in helping us. He's instrumental in. We're playing. I I got us booked on the. You know, they, they reached out to us to play the Red Crest Festival, and Cyclona happened to be on it as well. So we start. We got to talking, and he's helped us put so many shows together. We'll we'll announce before too long, so it'll be cool. Cool. 
All right. Well, congrats again on everything and, and thanks, Ryan. awesome new album. And, um, you know, I'm looking but, forward yeah. to whatever's next and, and I hope we talk again soon. So much appreciate, man. We'll definitely talk soon. And, uh, in fact, I'm sure we'll talk off of this too. Cause we, I, I got to get some of those, those are those freaking fly, those questions you asked me were awesome. So I need, I need those flyers, man. Cool. All right. Talk to you later, man. All right. Thanks brother. Much love. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.